All right, and we are ready to go on another edition of Sunday Pour. This is going to be another movie episode of the show. My name is Anthony. I'm here with my cousin Ant. Before we get going, I'll ask you or announce the movie. I'll ask you how you're doing and what are you drinking it? I am drinking two-thirds of a screwdriver in honor of the movie that we're doing tonight. <laughs> two-thirds? Uh, no. What is that? What, I hope... <laughs> Is, what are the two thirds? You got to tell us what, what what's missing. Uh, orange juice is what's missing. I got oh, okay. vodka and I got ice. Okay, and a glass. I, I assume. Yeah, they got the important okay. stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Yeah, I got, actually, I got, I got, I got myself a nice screwdriver right here for it. Same thing, same reason. Yeah. And if uh, the listeners haven't figured it out by now, I mean, it's going to be in the title when we post it, so they'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. <laughs> well, in that, realized, case, fuck, in that case, fuck yourselves. We're doing Jackie Brown. <laughs> I realized that last week when we did it, it, and I was and I tried to like tease it a little bit in the beginning, and I just titled it the Beer League episode. I was like, ah, well, so much for that fucking yeah, leading a mile. Like a big picture of Artie Lang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it came it right away. <laughs> yeah, man. So we go back to 1997 with this one. And, yeah, uh, Tarantino's third movie it's quentin's birthday tomorrow as this this was your idea to the to a, a tarantino movie uh, on the eve of his birthday yeah good, by, the, good, by good the plan by the time the loyal listeners are hearing this it'll be on his birthday because i assume everyone listens right away i think so yeah i think they do i think everybody tunes in and puts it on as soon as it's released so yeah yeah usually usually right about eleven thirty or midnight on the the night we record it's out so mm-hmm. Um, but be right, right on his birthday, I'm sure. So, 97, Jackie Brown. This was uh, Tarantino's third movie, uh, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, before that. And kind of, see, I didn't see this one like in succession with the other movies, I don't think. I well, know I saw, I know I saw Pulp and, and Reservoir Dogs. I know I didn't see it like when they came out, but I'm saying I didn't see them. I, pro- I definitely saw those other two first and probably multiple times before I saw Jackie Brown. And it's not your essential. I mean, it doesn't fit into Tarantino movies the way Tarantino movies kind of do. It's got a lot of Tarantino elements in it, mm-hmm. but it's definitely like a lot more subtle uh, than you're used to. It's not exact. It's not as fast paced, and the violence is kind of toned down. Like it's not a ton of violence in it, right? Um, for him, yeah. And it's the only one he's adapted to. It's an adapted movie from uh, Elmore Leonard, a book. Yeah, rum um, punch. Yeah, so I, you know, I had no idea about that until two days ago that this was from a novel. I didn't see, I could, couldn't see Tarantino working off of a novel. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh wow, okay. Yeah, so it doesn't really fit into the whole his whole um, body of work, really, because it's it's unique in uh, in a couple different yeah, ways. There's, there's only four dead bodies in this movie, as opposed to. Yeah, usually like four per minute in his other movies. Yeah, it's like four, Kill Bill. <laughs> four in the like opening scene. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because to start the movie, like it's 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 uh, Sam Jackson as Ordell, and he's sitting down with um, Lewis, played by Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. and they're watching like these machine guns, like VHS tapes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what's it, it's called? Like uh, girl, like chicks who dig guns or something. Yeah, like in like red, white, and blue bikinis just firing off rounds. Yeah, he's like, when you absolutely positively need to kill every motherfucker in the room, 
AK-47. And then there's there's nothing like that. It's all single gunshots to kill people when when they do happen, which is, again, the anti-Tarantino movie. Yeah. But Uh, you you pick – you. oh, go ahead. I I was going to say you were talking about when you saw Jackie Brown, and I was was actually thinking about that as I was researching this. Mm -hmm. I remember – I'm pretty sure I saw Pulp Fiction first out of his movies, Mm -hmm. right around the time it came out, probably – 95, 96, a couple of years after it came out. Okay. And that's what that's, I think most people kind of discovered Tarantino through Pulp Fiction. That was a little more mainstream than Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Right? I would think it'd be like a little bit older. If you, if I, if you saw Reservoir Dogs for Pulp Fiction, you're probably like an older movie buff, I would say. Yeah. Like kids, like, like kids my age weren't discovering Reservoir Dogs when it, right when it came out. Right. And that's when I, once I saw Pulp Fiction, I went backwards and went to Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, and then I saw Jackie Brown probably a couple of years after that came out. Same when I was in like my heyday of buying DVDs, like late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, but definitely before Kill Bill, which was 03. Okay, so in that sense, I did see them in order, but I probably went out of order with Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jackie Brown. It's funny because I said when we were discussing what movie to do, and I mentioned. We were actually talking about doing a Tarantino movie because, as we said, it's his birthday. And I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, we thought Reservoir Dogs at first. And I was like, you know, I really want to do Jackie Brown because I feel like it's got a real uh, – it's like a, a very easy watch to me huh, as okay. opposed to – his. Uh, like, I don't know. All his movies, I feel like that one, when it's on, like I have a hard time turning off. I just let it go when I find it. Really? Yes. And the crazy thing about that is – I saw in an interview he did. I don't know if he was if he did this with Simmons recently, or if he did this with somebody else. But I I read this online that it was uh, he considers Jackie Brown his real Bravo, which is a John Wayne movie from '59. Oh yeah, I, real I, Bra- I, I tried and to Dean, watch Dean, Ma- Dean Martin. Yeah, right? yeah I've and, never uh, seen Real Bravo, but the way he uh, the way movie. he explained it was uh, Real Bravo is just like a hangout movie that you don't really. The first time around you see it, you may be like, eh, all right, it wasn't much of a plot. I don't really know where this is going. Yeah. And then once you've seen it a few times, you just kind of enjoy the ride and you kind of just shut your brain off and enjoy it. Little, <laughs> Sopranos, little Sopranos connection in um, uh, what season is it where Christopher has to kill the cop? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony's watching Rio Bravo. Oh, okay. And I, and I think the episode ends with the Dean Martin song. From that, yeah, my I can picture pony and me. Yep, I can picture it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And D. Martin is just like a drop down drunk in that movie, and like, <laughs> he, like he's begging for nickels and like a saloon. He's a method uh, actor, just, you know. It took a lot yeah, of work exactly, to yeah. prepare for that role. Yeah, and somebody <laughs> like like the first scene, somebody throws like a nickel or whatever the, the coin is into a, a spittoon. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'll give you something to buy a drink with you, drunk and. At a bar. This guy's at a bar mocking another drunk. Like, you're not doing too much better yourself, pal. <laughs> and throws a, throws a coin, like, into the spittoon. And then John Wayne comes in. They, you know, settles, settles it all. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it is kind of a hangout movie. And it's, I, it's, in that sense, you could kind of say all, a lot of his movies are hangout movies. Yeah. Like, like Pulp Fiction's kind of a hangout movie because it's just like. Yeah, it's just a. It's, Travol- it's Travolta and Uma Thurman going out for dinner and shit like that. <laughs> just, and then it starts, a lot of shit happens, then it ends. 
We had a lot of driving around in cars, mm-hmm. diners, yeah. drive-ins and dives. And, uh, and, and there's also, and like once upon a time in Hollywood, same thing. I mean, it's, they, they literally are watching TV with you, the audience. <laughs> yeah. And like having a beer and uh, I don't know what they're eating, pizza or something. But Yeah, I guess you could say that about a few of his movies. It's funny, though, that he picked out that I felt the same way that he did about this one. Just, I don't know, I found that kind of ironic because uh, it was like literally two days ago. And then I started doing research and I was like, oh, holy shit. Like he finds, (laughs) he views the movie kind of the same way. There's something about it uh, that just whenever it's on TV, just, and it's one of the, I think maybe what separates this from his other movies is you could pick this one up maybe like 15 minutes in, which I did. I remember doing it last year with my fiance. She had never seen it before. You can mm-hmm. kind of fill her in on what happened already. Whereas, like, his yeah. other movies, like Pulp Fiction, if you miss the opening scene, you're not going to know <laughs> what the fuck's going on at the end, you know? That's true. It's funny because, like, Jackie Brown starts off, we haven't even really mentioned Pam Greer yet, mm-hmm. but starts off, and Pam Greer is coming through, you know, through the, um, through the airport. And then you don't see her for another 20 minutes or so. Yeah. It's really the whole, it's all just establishing the Sam Jackson character, uh, Ordell. And uh, going through his, you know, with him and um, the fuck's his name? Uh, Beaumont? Beaumont, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of the actor's name, yeah. It's Beaumont. Name, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which, and then, yeah, then eventually the next time you see her, she's back at the, at the airport getting picked up by, by, the, by the feds there. Yeah. So, um, so Pam Greer, I did a little deep dive on her as I was preparing mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. I watched a couple of her movies from the 70s. Did you? I did. Uh, the one that where she gets this name from, Foxy Brown, that mm-hmm. one, I, that's the one I wanted to watch, but it wasn't free on Comcast, but a bunch of her other ones were. Okay. Uh, the, actually, the one that's based, uh, that Tarantino, I think, borrows the most stuff from is this movie called Coffee, which really? is, came okay. out a year before. And apparently Foxy Brown is like basically a remake of Coffee, even though it came out a year later. They were doing a sequel, and they just said, screw it. We're just going to do kind of a remake, which is kind of weird. Uh, but whatever. That's how, they, that's how they did things back then, I guess. Uh, so it was basically she had a run in the 70s where she played, like, these strong, like, badass vigilante chicks. Okay. Who would just – it was basically fucking up guys, just, like, corrupt uh, politicians, cops, drug dealers – uh, it was kind of interesting, man. And they're they're a quick, easy watch, too, like 90-minute movies. I watched a nice. couple of them. Nice. Uh, yeah, so Coffee. And in the movie Coffee, that's where Tarantino uh, got a couple of uh, songs that were used in Jackie Brown. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, you went back and watched those. Nice yeah. job. Um, and, well, Pam Greer back then, man, all-time all <laughs> ma- major league upstairs. That's all I'm going to say. All right? <laughs> okay, not a triple-A player. Understood. <laughs> Understood. Um, yeah. So uh, it, I mean, I, I can't remember the songs in my head, but like when she's coming out of the dressing room, it's kind of like frantic music. And when Ray comes running out, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's another song too. That that's the opening uh, scene of the movie of the movie Coffee. No, 100, no, 110th Street. That one. No, it wasn't that one. It's, uh, uh, it's uh, instrumentals. It's it's the guy's name is Roy oh, gotcha. Ayers. Okay. Who did a bunch of these? Uh, he was like all over the soundtrack for coffee. He did like gotcha. all instrumental stuff. Uh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, so it was interesting. It was uh, like you could never make these movies nowadays. And so going back almost 50 years now, it was very 
in a way, it was ahead of its time because you had like a strong female character, which yeah. wasn't you've never really seen. But in another, in another sense, these movies were like so racist and so sexist in the yeah. sa- same breath. Yeah. So like you could never do them, and it's in their. I mean, they're very dated, but you have to like if you can go back and just appreciate cinema from back then and just like a different genre of movies, then it's worth you know giving it a shot. It's interesting, cool. interesting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, one thing about Tarantino. I will say, and um, I think Scorsese is the master at this, but Tarantino like crushes the soundtrack, and not just the soundtrack of just like the placement of songs. Yeah. throughout a movie. I think he, he crushes oh, yeah. it. He definitely has a, is, does he have a soft spot for his soundtracks? He, oh, he, yeah, he, definitely. He, he does work. And I, I think that influence probably comes a lot from Scorsese. And not just Scorsese, but like a lot of those uh, older movies that, that you're talking about. Yeah, and then, oh, and another thing about the older movies is uh, I watched, after Coffee, I watched when it was called uh, Friday Foster. And you could tell okay. like the opening of these movies that he borrows like his like these the openings to these movies were very like long uh mm-hmm. drawn out like introducing the cast and uh, the graphics are like the same that he uses in his movies specifically right, cool. this one jackie brown yeah. mm-hmm. has like the long intro with the music um and like in in all her in all her movies in the 70s she always plays the title character of the movie like foxy brown coffee right. was her was her name Mm-hmm. Uh, fr- mm-hmm. Friday Foster, the one I just mentioned, that was her name. So that's where Jackie Brown came in, you know, making her the title character. Right. That's why Tarantino changed the title from Rum Punch to Jackie Brown, I guess. To, right. To I think her, na- her last an name was Burke in the, in the book, right? Yeah, right. So he made yeah. it. Right. Exactly. So he wanted to make a Brown as homage to Foxy Brown also. Yeah. Which yeah. That's, that's Tarantino's whole thing, too, is, is, uh, is kind of showing love to old movies and forgotten movies. And... And if it inspires people to kind of go back like you didn't watch it, I think it's probably worth it for him. He probably oh, gives yeah, hope you on can that. tell. Like, I read, like, leading up to this that, you know, he had pictures of uh, when Pam Grayer, like came in for the – it wasn't even an audition. He basically offered her the role. But, like, when yeah. she walked in, he had pictures up of on his uh, – in his office or whatever. And it seemed yeah. like he was pandering. But yeah. he, he, he said he was, and he's like, I thought about taking them down, actually, before you got here. I didn't want to think, you know, I was a weirdo. <laughs> it's always up. Yeah, but always if you up. go back and watch her, like, older movies, you could tell, not just Jackie Brown, like, a lot of his movies, he borrowed a lot of stuff from that genre. Yeah. So he, it yeah. wasn't just blowing smoke. He was uh, definitely took a lot from those movies. Yeah, it's like Pam Grier's one of those names, man, that he always kind of heard it. Actually, probably the first time I ever heard it was probably in Reservoir Dogs. Oh, they uh, mentioned you're right. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and you know you hear it's a cool name. It just sounds like a cool name. She sounds like, but you know, I've never, never movies I had watched when I was growing up or anything. I still haven't really haven't seen any of them. No, so, me neither. This was my first time. But it's just yeah. one of those names where it's like a cool. You so you know it's just a cool seventies actress. Oh yeah, she's badass, man. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and she kills it in this, man. She's she's phenomenal, Jackie Brown. I think, you know, I was going to ask you this later, but MVP of the movie, I gave it to her because I think without her crushing it, I don't think the movie is as highly regarded as it is. Yeah, you give, you can give Sam Jackson I uh, gave, I put him down as an honorable mention, yeah. But when she's, here's, here's probably where she wins it, is when she's in scenes with him, she takes him right down. And she yeah. owns him in those scenes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And there, like that one scene in the beginning where, okay, so... Like set it up, like we said, how like she's not on screen for twenty minutes. Ordell takes 
takes Beaumont, takes him out, and there's it's it's a, the whole setup is to show like, look, Ordell does not compromise his interests. If he's in any kind of danger, he doesn't think about it. He just acts. He gets he thinks, rid of. Yeah, he thinks he's Jimmy Conway. He poor man's Jimmy Conway. He, well, he right. doesn't want any loose ends. Right, just cutting. Nowhere his, near as good of a criminal though, but. No, he's, he's a not a great G- criminal. He's not he's a, a great G- criminal. He's a two-bit Jimmy Conway, whose actual last name was Burke. Also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all ties together. So then, so then he picks. So he bails Beaumont out. He figures Beaumont's gonna pin, um, uh, pin some shit on him for the guns and stuff, and takes him, pops him, kills him. For as the first twenty minutes of the movie. So then, same thing happens with um, with Pam Greer with Jackie Brown. She gets picked up at the at the airport. Uh, for having a bunch of cash and Rat- it's, and it's ratted out by Beaumont, right? Ratted right. out by exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's ratted by Beaumont, uh, and then there's uh, there's a nice fat bag of coke in there, uh, and she got picked up with intent, which you know we'll get into whether whether it's intent or not. That's between you, me, and your bail bondsman, <laughs> and uh, and so we're under the impression that now Jackie Brown's in in some danger after she after she gets bailed out and goes home, spends a day or, or spends a couple of days in jail. And goes home, and Ordell goes to visit her, and it's very. The camera's following them around the apartment. Uh, she goes to get him a drink, make him a screwdriver. He he's shutting he's shutting a light off. She's coming back out, and they're just in the dark. And you could see he's kind of making his move, asking questions. And she even says at one point, like you're asking all the wrong questions, man. You should be asking why they picked me up. You know what I mean? Or who's talking? Like you shouldn't be asking me. What I said, you should be asking me why. Am I, why did I get picked up? Mm-hmm. And then she was prepared. She had taken the gun out of uh, Max, out of Mac, you know Max Cherry's bail bondsman out of his glove box mm-hmm. uh, when he when he gave her ride home, and uh, you know pointed at his dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and like she just she tears into him because he's he's looming. He's. Uh, um, it's you know, like I said, you could feel the danger right, right around the corner, and she, but she was ready for it. And as soon as soon as he was ready to play his card, you could hear the you know she cocks it back, and then she tears him right down, right then and there. Yeah, she was a step ahead by yeah. taking the gun from Max, and she acts it too. She acts it too because then next next you know then she's in charge. She's asking the questions now. You know, Ardell's disarmed. He's he's up against the wall. You know, and that kind of stuff. And she puts the light back on. She asks questions. So yeah, that's I gotta give Jackie. I gotta give Pam Grier the MVP of the movie. As gr- as good as as good as uh, Sam was, as good as Robert Forrester was, as Max Cherry, mm-hmm. um, and you could, I mean, you could even give probably like a six man award to to uh, Michael Keaton just because Keaton's being Keaton the yeah. whole time. He's <laughs> classic, and De Niro's there. He's just kind of like a, a role player. De Niro's there. He's not doing anything. Well, maybe I'm ju- maybe I'm jumping ahead here, Ant, but. No, it's fine. Get... De Niro is like he's like the aging veteran who buys into being a role player. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you he's know, not, he's, th- he's not trying to drop fifty. He's just trying to get his shots up. You know, a few yeah. shots up. I mean, his character isn't really meant to be saying much anyway. He's a, he's a stoner and he's down and out crook. Like you say that uh, Ordell is a poor man's Jimmy Conway. I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Lewis is. Uh, he's not. Uh, he's not in Jimmy Conway's. He, he might. He might have been the star player years and years ago, but he's uh, he's he's fallen some hard times. 
Yeah, he is a, he is a stoner, and like it's, that's kind of made clear throughout the movie. But I don't yeah. know. I feel like at the end, when it's t- when it's go time, he is a pro as opposed to you know the surfer. He's maybe got a yeah. little bit of, a little bit of a hairline temper, I would say. <laughs> yeah, he could. He, he's got a short <laughs> fuse. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to I wanted to ask you something about Sam Jackson. Yeah, his big break, and I think I heard Tarantino talk about this. His big break was. Pulp Fiction, right? No, because he was in um, like uh, Do the Right Thing. I don't know if it was before Do the Right Thing, but he was the DJ in Do the Right Thing, right? Yeah, but I'm talking about like starring role. He wasn't a like. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess that might have been his first kind of lead like, role. Because like the lead roles, like first billing in uh, Pulp Fiction would be him and Travolta, right? Yeah, I think and so. And they kind of they open up and close the show. Yeah. And that's a big movie to be. Did you know who Tarantino wanted at first for for that role in Pulp Fiction? Uh, I probably heard it before. I don't remember off the top of my head, though. Uh, Larry Fishburne. Oh, maybe I didn't know that. And, and Fishburne, I think huh. Fishburne's people played a little oh, bit of hardball. Right. Because yeah, I remember him. He was talking about Kings of New York in an interview. Mm-hmm. I, right. I didn't. I did hear that actually recently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Fishburne too played a little bit of hardball, and they didn't want him doing like an indie, which I guess Pulp Fiction was kind of considered because Tarantino wasn't as well known. Coming off Reservoir I forget, Dogs, I for, yeah. yeah, I forget the movie he did, but it was something terrible instead. And then Sam, I I think I don't know, I could be wrong. I think Pulp Fiction was kind of his big, even though he had been in a ton of movies already. He, like Pulp Fiction was his first like real big break as a star, and then he went on a run and he did a you know Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a Time to Kill, which is a little bit lesser known movie, but it was with McConaughey and Sandra Bullock, so you know, pretty well known. He has a and then in, a in to Jackie Brown, you know, and oh, he did a bunch yeah. in between that, in between ninety four and ninety seven. Like this, I was looking up his filmography; he did a, a million movies. But I feel like Pulp Fiction really put him on the map as like yeah, an put a him player. over the top, yeah, yeah. And now Capital One scooped him up, and they're all and he's all there. Yeah, now the guy's doing commercials <laughs> with Barkley and Spike Lee. <laughs> Ah, uh, see, that's depressing, man. Because we don't, because we would, we'd be so tired of those commercials right now if we had them, but we don't have them anymore. Yeah, you're right. So, sorry, sorry, I brought it up. <laughs> the big C. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Oh, I want to kind of backtrack here real quick. Mm-hmm. We were ta- we were talking about how this was uh, uh, from the book Rum Punch, which is a, a guy named Elmore Leonard. Yeah. Do you do you know the other Elmore Leonard uh, adaptations out there? Well, Out of Sight. Right. I know yep. that one cuz I know uh Keaton's character Ray Nicolette makes a makes well, a cameo, uh, cameo yeah. on that. Yeah, I was actually on HBO the other night. I flipped it on quick. I've never seen the movie. I just wanted to see if I can catch. I know he must be in it for like only a minute if he's uncredited. Um uh Kill Shot, I know that. That yeah, was, there you go. Uh, make, that make was the one work. Tarantino wanted to do, but he, he said that he uh, he ended up reading Rum Punch again and like falling back in love with it, so he ended up doing that one. You've seen Kill Shot, right? Uh, I think I may have seen it once. That's Diane Lane and uh, what's his face, Thomas Jane, are, are the couple. Uh, no, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's Mickey. I know Mickey, it's, it's Rourke, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Rourke. Yeah, we're the premier. I think we're the premier Mickey Rourke podcast. So. Oh yeah, well, we'll get to some Mickey Rourke movies. Don't worry. Oh yeah, we might. <laughs> we might just do like five in a week. Just bang them out <laughs> one after the other. Uh, you know, I have seen. Now that I think about it, I have seen that movie. 
Yeah, uh, but I watched it one time myself. It was just I, one. Yeah, it was only yeah. one time. Yeah. Uh, but you know what else? Uh, I watched Justified. Wasn't that Elmore Leonard? A lot of his stuff came, yeah, from. It was like a bunch of short yeah. stories he did. But yeah. Yep. Yeah, I watched yep. that show when it was on. Uh, it was a good. It was a good show. I don't know how close it was to, you know, the stuff he wrote. Yeah, that was a good show. That was Timothy Oliphant. Uh, Get Shorty's another one. Oh, I didn't didn't know that. Yeah, Get Shorty and the other. Well, I don't know what the other. I think he did the screenplay for Be Cool, which I don't think was as good. Uh, Three Ten to Yuma, I think. He wrote a short story, became 310 to Yuma. I had no idea this guy cranked out so many uh, movies. I mean, he, a, he obviously books, but, you know, so many books yeah, that became pretty, movies. Yeah, pretty prolific, yeah. And uh, a Paul Newman movie called uh, Ombre, which I'd heard of, I've heard about, but I never oh, saw I've it. Oh, I've heard Ombre. that. Yeah, I've heard of that, but I never yeah. saw it. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty, good, uh, pretty good stuff there. Yeah. I mean, he's, who has the record for most books converted to movies? This guy's, like, crushing it. That's a good question. I don't know. I'm sure there's numbers. I don't know if they have like a record book, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't read too many books, so I have no idea. That's true. That was, he might we might not be qualified for that uh, that conversation. I know I'm not. No. <laughs> um, there was only one nomination, uh, one Oscar nomination that is for this movie, mm-hmm. and that's Robert Forrester for Best Supporting Actor. Nobody yeah, little, it was a little bit of a comeback for him too. Not only Cam Greer. Have you seen any uh, Ro- uh, Robert Forster movies that came out before Jackie Brown? No, nah, I did. I did a quick, uh, I did a quick Wikipedia search when I was preparing for this, and I, I got I didn't even really recognize too many. But it's weird because yeah. I feel like I know who the guy. I probably didn't know him before Jackie Brown because I saw it when I was young. Yep. Um, yep. And I really, I only remember him from a few other things uh probably most notably was one of his last things that he did with breaking bad yeah yeah people love him for breaking bad yeah he's, he's great he was like kind of like uh whatever you want to call I, him fix fixer I, kind of like a ray donovan type just get people out of yeah that's a, a good <laughs> fixer though yeah yeah <laughs> so I, uh, I, I wonder if like that was kind of because he was in, in this movie he's so Subtle, he's so kind of not laid laid back's not the word, but he's just kind of uh, how's the he not, not going through the motions, but there's little things he, he's he's not over the top, you know what I mean? I kind of wonder if that was his signature. I, I wish I'd seen anything else from the guy, but that was kind of him in Breaking Bad, was that just very cool, yeah. um, not over the top at all, no, no, no serious emotion. Every, every, all his acting is done. With you know little ticks, maybe a little look, and there's nothing. You know, you have Sam Jackson doing his thing, or you know he's cursing every other time, and and yeah, uh, very flash. animated, he's a flashy very, player, very, very <laughs> animated, and it's great. Yeah. And I love him for it, mm-hmm. but it's just opposite of uh, Forrester. It's quite the, it's it's quite the difference. Yeah, he's a Tarantino guy. Tarantino uh, met with him. I think he oh he auditioned for. Uh, Reservoir Dogs who, for the role of Joe, who went to Lawrence yeah. Lawrence Tierney, yep. and and Tarantino told him we're, we're going to work together, and I guess he uh, he targeted this one to give. Cause I don't think he auditioned for this. I think he just told him he got the role. Which I don't know if this is like a Tarantino thing, but like it seems like some, a lot of these big roles, like he's just like, yeah, he got it. He just had he has <laughs> he has his vision, and that's it. 
Let me know what you think about his best supporting actor, um, his fellow nominees for that year. Okay, go ahead. Let it run. Do you want to know who the winner is? I probably you probably know what I say, but do you want me to tell you? You can probably guess. All right, go ahead. Yeah, play guess right. game. Um, Anthony Hopkins in Amistad. Okay. Greg Kinnear in As Good As It Gets. <laughs> I saw that. Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, okay. And Burt Reynolds in Boogie Nights. <laughs> that was Robin Williams, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a oh, man. That's a loaded field. It's pretty good, yeah. Because Kinnear was really good, as good as it gets. Yeah. I uh, and I really love Robin Williams. I love them in Good Will Hunting. I still, I gotta give the nod to Burt Reynolds and Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a tough field, man. Even I yeah. saw uh, Amistad. Is it Amistad that Hopkins got nominated for? Yeah, yeah. It's like a period piece. Yeah, yeah. Hopkins is great too. That's a loaded field. It's tough. I didn't even see who he was. Uh, who forced her? That's tough, though. Yeah, that's tough. A, that's a tough, tough lineup right there. <laughs> <laughs> he, Tarantino was mad that Pam Greer didn't get nominated. Yeah, I don't. I didn't actually. I didn't look up the best best um, lead actress that year, but yeah, she definitely should have been in the conversation at the very least. Yeah, and you know, there's. I mentioned him earlier. There's a great actor. I think aside from Mickey Rourke, he might be the guy I'm rooting hardest. Like, I don't give a shit about the Oscars, but there's guys that I care about. Mm-hmm. which probably makes no sense. And I want to see him win an Oscar. Like when Mickey Rourke was up for the rest a couple of years ago, I was invested. And not, it's not a couple of years ago now, but 10 years ago now. And I was, yeah, it was invested a while in ago. <laughs> And I was like disappointed when he didn't win. And Yeah, whenever one... you get geared up for a fucking Oscar, you always get screwed. It's like I got geared up when Stallone was nominated a few years ago. Turned on the show like an asshole. Of course, you didn't win. <laughs> I never watched the Oscars, man. I give a shit about it for five minutes, and you know you get fucked. Yeah, that's how it works, man. They'll never yep. give it to you. Like they'll never give you the one that you want. That you want. Yeah, but There's only that one time Scorsese won. Yeah, for the, that party. the party. Yeah, yeah but yeah. That, you kind of knew he was gonna win. Yeah, but whenever, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It fucking sucks. So there's one guy. He's only been nominated once. And he's probably the next guy on my list. I don't know if there's anybody else. I'm sure there's a couple guys, but he's probably he's top two, I think, with with Mickey. And that's Michael Keaton. Yeah, I love Keaton. Keaton's great, man. He is. He's got from Mr. Mom, Johnny Dangerously. He's he is Batman. Yeah, he is. He is Batman. Um, Beetlejuice. Yes. Yep. Beetlejuice. And uh, he was nominated for. Do you know what he was nominated for? Best actor. He was nominated once. Yep. Uh, what was Michael Keaton nominated for for Best Actor? I don't know. Birdman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking like '90s shit. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Obvious. Yeah. He was. He was not nominated for Multiplicity. No. I know. I'll give you an under. Have you ever seen the movie Gung Ho? I've no. No. That's an 80s movie. That's when he first kind of was starting out. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it was like a box office bomb. It's probably, I don't know, but it probably, <laughs> it probably still doesn't have good reviews. I don't know if people like it. I, I can't even say that it has like a cult following. Uh, but I it was about in like an auto plant that closes. Uh, and that's really all I can give you because I, I haven't seen it in years. But I remember mm-hmm. uh, George Went, Norm, obviously. Oh, Norm nice. Some chairs yeah. is in it. <laughs> and uh, I think John Turturro's in it. It's a com- it's solid, a comedy. Solid cast. Yeah, it's a comedy. It's it's worth a- if you're a Keaton fan, it's worth the watch. 
Talk about uh, opposite of Robert Forrester. I mean, that's the same thing, man. He's just like, you know, everything, everything is on his face, but it's going a mile a minute, it feels like. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he, he definitely plays uh... – yeah, I mean he's Keaton. You know what I mean? Like did, he's it's kind of how Keaton rolls. And Jackie Brown, did you get the feeling like did you get? And I, I know they kind of hint at it, but even this time watching, it was the first time I really realized it. Did, mm-hmm. did you get a feeling that he had like romantic feelings for Jackie? Did you think that played into it a little bit? Did, um, did he, was there any sort of? Um, I don't know if there's a chance. Or do you think he thought he had a chance with her? Do you think he was wand one? Do you think he had a chance? I mean, he took I her view, dinner. Yeah, and she wore a nice blue dress to that dinner, too, if you make a note of that. <laughs> when she comes home and checks her answer machine, when mm-hmm. Max left her a message. Uh, yeah, she knew what she because even he Because even when, he, when she comes back, he asks her yeah. if, 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 if uh, he's interested, if Ray is interested in her. Yeah, um, I think this is my view on on Key. I've been rewatching The Wire, so maybe this plays into my comparison. But I think he's got a little bit of McNulty in him. I think he's all about the job. Yeah, for sure. He's not necessarily – he's not a crooked cop, I don't think. But he no. may have – because they don't really get into his personal background too much. They don't really develop his character too much, which is fine. You can't – I mean, he right, is not, what he is. He's a supporting player. Right, you got to have a cop. that You don't need, you don't need the backstory, yeah. No, he's all about the job, but he might, in my opinion, he might have a few demons. Maybe okay. he's maybe he's got a weakness for women. Maybe he's a bit of a drinker. When he's having lunch, I think it's lunch with Jackie. He's having a tecate, if you notice on the yeah. table. <laughs> oh, I noticed. Yeah. So you know, and cops and cops have that you know history, anyways. That kind of st- stereotype attached to them as being drinkers. Uh, mm-hmm. he might be a little bit of a risk taker. Remember, he comes in with the motorcycle helmet. So, is he, I mean, that's implied that he drives a right. motorcycle, right. right? So, I think he's mm-hmm. a good cop. Uh, I don't think he's a dirty cop. I just think maybe he's, uh, you know, he's always on. He's always a little bit uh, hanging off the ledge. Just, you know, maybe it's not easy for him to say no to a drink or say no to a, you know, beautiful woman in front of his face. Mm-hmm. So if I had to give you an answer there, I think he had a little bit of a thing for her, but it never got in the way of him wanting to nail Ordell. Right. No, no, no. I think his his number one goal was Ordell. But I think maybe he may have let some signs go over his head because he was interested in her. Well, yeah, she knew what she was doing. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he maybe, you know, he could have been looking at, hey, maybe I can parlay this after, you know, parlay this into, you know, getting a few dates or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a little something from Jackie. But I yep. think number yep. one was the, number one was getting the job done, though. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Cause even Max even mentioned something about that at some point. He says, you know, the guy just loves being a cop. <laughs> And he knows he knows guys like that. And oh, he yeah. loves being a cop. He loved being a cop. And he was like the good cop to the bad cop, uh, the other guy. Michael, yeah. Michael Bowen. Yes. Do you, I, you know what, what else he was in? Yes, I, I do. Yeah. He's another alumnus of Breaking Bad. It's Uncle Uncle Jack. <laughs> I and had then, to look this up, man. I was like, holy shit. And he's also, and probably most, in, I don't know if he's, more known for this or for his most infamous role is uh, Buck from Kill Bill. Um, that's what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I was talking about Uncle Jack, but yeah, he was in Kill Bill oh, yeah. and he was in uh, 
He was in Django too. I forget what he played. He played some dip dipshit. Yeah, he like was Tarantino like, yeah. just put Tarantino yeah. just makes this guy like the worst. Basically, he's like, I'll keep giving you steady the, work, but when I saw he was Uncle Jack, I looked back to see like he he was been acting since the early '80s, and he had a hell of a run on '80s TV shows into oh, the it? '90s. Listen, to, listen to this lineup. He's the only guy I did like extensive research on his uh, on his Wikipedia or his IMDb page. What was his name? Like Dargis in the movie Dargis? Mark Dargis, or yeah. Because even the judge messes messes it up in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> um, so this is run the eighties. So the, a lot of these are are, the, are shows that I've heard of, mm-hmm. and then there's a couple that are just you, you're, you're gonna you're gonna go nuts. I don't know how nuts you're gonna go, but you're gonna be like, oh shit! All right, real real. <laughs> so these are like guest spots, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Knots Landing, okay. Chips, Chips, Falcon Crest, The Fall Guy. And then we get Knight Rider and the, and the A-Team. And then in the 90s, listen to this run, ER. Now are these, now are these, are these like one spot? Yeah, one like done? one and done. Okay. Yeah, this is probably like he played like uh, – He's more of a TV guy basically. It's how he started off, yeah, yeah. And then, then he went on to uh, ER, NYPD Blue, JAG, Nash Bridges, and Walker, Texas Ranger. I mean, this just getting. Every... I, always, I always had a soft spot for Nash Bridges. Really? Yeah, that's with uh, Cheech, right? Cheech, Cheech yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> Cheech Yas- and Yasmin Bleeth did a season or two there too. Nice. Before she got a, a ticket always to a... meth or whatever. Yeah, well, happens. Yeah, it's Hollywood, man. <laughs> she'll bounce back. Yeah, she'll be all right. Her <laughs> comeback special will be in a year or two from now. I'm sure. <laughs> Um, um, so yeah, no, I had no idea, man. I was, he's always a forgotten guy in this movie for having such a, not a big role. You know, he was one of the main, you know, one of the top eight players in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I was, I was, uh, I marked out a little bit when I realized he was uncle Jack. I was like, yep, that was him. <laughs> that was him. <laughs> Nazi Jack. <laughs> so there's this movie kind of, it reminds me, this is the perfect mid nineties movie. Cause it, highlights a lot of things about the mid nineties that have been lost. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that weird transition between records, tapes and CDs. Right. Cause Jackie has the vinyl collection. Ja- Jackie's playing vinyl. When Max goes to pick up a Delphonics he, a album, it's a tape and they talk <laughs> about how, you know, how, because his car doesn't have a CD player. Mm-hmm. Which was which which was legit because there was a time when cars not all cars had CD players so you still had tapes in the car but you might have CD players in the house mm-hmm. and you were kind of you'd mix it up so you'd have you might have two of the same albums in the nineties one for the car one for the house just played on different things. Um, another another is which I was really happy to see was there's a lot of smoking inside. <laughs> Uh, there's a cigarette machine, which you don't see cigarette machines as much. Uh, you, I remember being a kid going to a restaurant and just pulling those things out. Oh, the diners. You know? Yeah, anywhere. Staples just anywhere. Diners, yeah. Yeah, and you're, you're just pulling, just play, you know, you're waiting around the, in the foyer or the lobby or whatever, and you're just playing with the thing. And, yeah. uh, and that's something you don't see anymore. Um, you know, back to the vinyl thing, that's kind of yeah. relatable uh, with, like, I know you collected a lot of DVDs, and I did. Because when people started like buying the Blu-rays, I was just like, I'm yeah, I, I'm too deep to start switching the Blu-rays. 
Yeah. You know, I just, I kind of just retired from, especially with now, you don't really need them anymore. I'm kind of back. I'm kind of back on buying DVDs and now Blu-rays. I'm kind of back on it. Oh, I just, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't trust the whole streaming revolution. Like I, I appreciate it and I have a million things to stream off of, but you're not, it's not going to last forever. It doesn't have everything you ever want to watch either. So I'm not, I don't buy them as, as often as I used to, mm-hmm. but um, occasionally I'll, I'll buy, I'll buy one or two DVDs just to, I just to, I couldn't tell you the last one I bought. I'll come out yeah. of retirement at some point. We'll see. I'm telling you, man, at some point, it's all going to go down. You know what I mean? At some point, it's, it's going to be, uh, yeah, it comes in like waves and stuff. And I, streaming is forever. It's not going to go down and like disappear, but, it's at some point, like you just gotta have you gotta have the hard copy, man. I just yeah. I believe oh, I in the, mean, I, I the have I believe in the physical media. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, plenty to hold me over for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. But I did a lot of damage in my twenties. Yeah. Um, and yeah, speaking of like smoking inside, she was smoking in the mall. Like, I don't remember people smoking in a mall. But well, she was in like the, the food court, right? Could you smoke in the food court in the mall? Probably. I feel like smoking, smoking and who's... eating was like peanut butter and jelly, man. You know? <laughs> who's going to stop you in 1994 uh, from smoking yeah. a cigarette? <laughs> Go to, uh, what was that place? The, uh, ah, fuck, drawing a blank now. What was the Chinese place that used to be? Or probably still in the mall. I mean, every mall had a different Chinese place. Sometimes multiple Chinese places. Oh, maybe I'm just thinking of my mall then. Something Panda. China Panda? Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, that sounds right. And there's always free samples out front. There's nothing more bizarre than two Chinese restaurants next to next, like back to back, belly to belly in the in the food court in a mall. Like, why are there two Chinese restaurants here? Like, you're competing. Go to a different mall, man. You say bat to bat? No, back to back. Not back to back. Yeah, but I don't understand like why they would do that. But they that was a staple, at least in my malls. And there's always, always somebody. I can't even remember, man. I can't even remember. <laughs> That's I just remember there being one Chinese place, uh, an Italian, maybe a Sbarro or something. Always a Sbarro, yeah. Always a Sbarro in the mall. Uh, this is di- dipping dots. Ah, uh, yeah. Dipping dots, dots in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Ice cream in the future. There was. I did. I, I was looking. I didn't recognize a lot of the stores, but I did. I did recognize a Sam Goody in the mall and Jackie Brown. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I, I actually. Tried to recognize, and I didn't remember uh, remember any of them. Yeah, there's something just so weird about those little seating areas in a mall. Where you're gonna go hang out? I don't know what people are doing. Where you're just like sitting in the middle of a mall, probably just waiting for somebody else. But I like, always hated the mall. You can't even, stand even the mall, as a yeah. kid. Yeah, I can't stand the mall. <laughs> yeah, it was just the worst, man. It's just I don't know something about them. Um, that I like, talk about the mall. So this, the whole movie ends up coming back to, uh, Jackie Brown rips off Ordell at the end. And she kind of, she kind of plays everybody, right? She plays the feds or the ATF. She plays them. Mm. She plays Ordell. She doesn't really play Max. She, her and Max kind of have an understanding. Yeah. Like I, an unspoken understanding. She doesn't fuck. She doesn't fuck with Max. And no, she, pay, she doesn't and she, fuck and she, with pay, And she pays him too. And she wants to give him more. Right. Uh, she, she doesn't use Max. I agree. Whereas it, I think she kind of used. She definitely used Ordell. Clearly, uh, she ripped off. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah, more even more used and abused them. Uh, used the cops to get him killed. Definitely uses the cops. Mm-hmm. Did he? Oh, right. She had, early, 
Oh, go ahead. When she uh, gets Ordell killed yeah. and says that he has a gun, did he actually have a gun in his hand? Uh, that's a good question. Because I, I, when I doing the rewatch, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, they, they basically just, I mean, they did basically, they shot the guy dead. And I didn't think he had a gun on him, which would have been like a red flag for me if I was <laughs> the cop. If I was, uh, you know, Ray or fucking Dargus. I mean, he was wearing sandals and socks in that scene, so uh, maybe, maybe he doesn't make the best judgment calls. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like that. That would have been like a red flag for me. And then she, I don't think she uses Max necessarily, but like she, again, going back to she knew what she was doing. She knew yeah. what she was doing. Oh yeah, you know. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. So, uh, all right. So we get, we get to talk about the heist in the minutes, but at the end. Or the ripoff, whatever you want to call it. In mm-hmm. the end, though, she goes. To, she visits Max. She she offers to give him more money, and he said, "No, that was my cut. That was ten percent. That's my fee. It's fine. Ten percent of half a million. He takes it, right?" Yeah. She comes back. She invites him to go to Spain with her. Empty gesture. Tw- tw- I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm. I'm I, I don't know how empty it was. I'm not yeah, sure. I don't. I, you know, I don't think you ever know. It's a little uh, ambiguous. It coulda. It coulda. Yeah, it's, it seems like the offer was there. She even said, "I can't twist your arm." And he's like, "God, thanks for saying that." But <laughs> did, did she I mean it though? He, he, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, you, you did all that. Took all that risk. If you're Max, man, you may as well get a bang out of it. No, at least a couple one. It's a little, it is a little funny. The last time you see him is with lipstick on his lips, like it's just before before he turns yeah. away from the camera, it's looking out him, the window. Him, him with the kiss from Jack from Jackie, and it's just her lipstick. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. That's I think that's kind of left a little open ended. It seems genuine, but who I don't know. Who knows? Think think he regrets not going. I would. I mean. <laughs> Wow. What the hell? You, you, would, just, you just risk your ass for. Uh, you would have locked up in about. You would have locked up in point three seconds. So I don't know what. Yeah, I'd have been like, yeah, where yeah. are we going? <laughs> yeah, and yes, and yes, I will take that extra fifty G's. Thank you. <laughs> you would have said no to any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What else? What else? What else are you offering? Take it all. <laughs> Let me get my passport. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, so another thing, I want to get back to De Niro for a second. Definitely, let's do it. I got conflicting reports on this one. Okay. Uh, on on the internet, go figure. <laughs> conflicting reports. Uh, <laughs> do you know who this guy either turned down the role or he wanted the role and Tarantino declined it? I'm not sure which which oh, is which. I yeah, I actually did see it. You're talking about Sly. Yes, and I saw both yeah. that he. Wanted the role, and Tarantino had his heart set on De Niro, and I also saw that Stonewall was like, "Nah, no thanks." Which who I, I have no idea what to believe. I, mean, I love Stallone, but I cannot imagine wanting to, to Stallone over De Niro. But I mean, no. I, but Stallone might have been really good in that role too. To be honest, yeah, with no, you. he could have. Stallone could, yeah, Stallone can act. He, he gets a bad rap sometimes, kind of being like a meathead. But yeah, Stallone could definitely act. Uh, I I just think. I can't say enough about De Niro. Uh, just the the way he played Gara 
just very, uh, very like understated. It was almost like I don't want to comp- like Pesci. I thought was all time in the Irishman the way he, yeah, like, but it was like comparable to that kind of like he was just very mild mannered and he wasn't a main character like Pesci was, but you know he just like he knew his role and there was actually something I read that him and Tarantino didn't get along on set, really, because because he <laughs> didn't have, I guess because well going back to. Uh, I'm just giving I'm giving him credit for playing the role understated, but I guess there was a lot of downtime on set because he really didn't have much to do. Yeah, because he yeah. doesn't he doesn't really have that many speaking lines. Like he has a little bit here and there. Most of his lines are like mumbling and just getting high. And yes, <laughs> coughing. Yeah. A lot of nonsense. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was because he was more used to like just having a bigger role, but I guess they they said that uh, and this is coming from the internet. So again, take this for what it is. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there was reports that he didn't uh, he didn't know how to kind of like take a back seat. But fuck it, I mean, he did a great job on on screen, so that's all that matters. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It was just him kind of waiting around until he was needed by Ordell, and then you're right. He was. Locked I still in. say, even though he was a pothead, like when it was time to go, like he was business. Well, I don't know because remember, because Ordell calls him up and he's like, "You guys not fuck. You guys haven't fucking left yet." <laughs> he's like, "I oh, said she keeps telling me one minute." He's like, "We'll go and fucking get her." Like, so yeah. So I think that I think you're right though. He's a good soldier, and I think he probably took that a little bit too far. You know, he oh, he's a great soldier. Ordell, Ordell told him to take take control, and he did, and then he just didn't really know how to do it anymore. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't take control of uh, Melanie. Yeah. Why include Melanie? And I know it was because one of his other women ran off with his 10 G's or whatever. Yeah. It was Sharonda or there was, he had like three of them. I don't know. There was like the one, the one that was like in the projects. Where he's in her house at the end. Yeah. Yep. And she's like, the funny thing about that scene is like, he has a gun, pulls a gun on Max. Yep. It's like basically threatening to kill him, give him my fucking money. And then like, Halfway through the scene, you just see her just sitting on the couch, just zonked out of her mind. Yeah. Fucking high. It's like, oh, yeah. shit, she's been there the whole time. <laughs> well, Ordell even tells him to sit down. He's like, she won't even know you're there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my ass might be dumb, but I ain't no dumb ass. <laughs> yeah, it's one, of the, it's, one of the, it's one of the good, uh, good quotes from the, from the movie. Uh, uh, I love De Niro's after he, after he bangs Melanie. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that was funny. He goes, yeah, don't hit the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she goes, now we can catch up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember, speaking of uh, Bridget Fonda, yeah. do you remember her in anything else besides, obviously, Godfather 3? Because she retired uh, pretty early on, like 20 years ago almost now. Yeah, she hasn't been anything since 2002, I saw. Um, no, and even the movies that I do know her from, I don't know if I would have known it. I know she was in Single White Female. I don't. I never saw that movie. I mean, I, I knew it was her in that movie. I don't know if I would have picked it out um, if we were just talking about it. But mm-hmm. no, I don't remember her in anything, man. She was actually in Lake Placid, which is a movie I remember seeing at the time, like when it first came out. But I would never. It was like an alligator killer alligator. That's all I remember. Oh yeah, that was big time when you're a kid. You got to go see the new horror movie. Kids love horror movies. Yeah, and that might have been her last movie because that was like oh one two thousand. And that oh, might really? have been her last. Uh, okay. Her last one. Well, she was. I was reading. She got in a bad car accident, and then uh, just got married, had a kid, and kind of taking it easy. Oh, yeah, did she it marry easy. someone? Did she marry someone famous? She was originally. She was dating Eric Stoltz. 
I don't know. Oh, if she, okay. if she married like a not a composer, but she married somebody who did does like um. Like oh, uh, Danny Elfman. Is that who it is? Him or somebody who works for Danny Elfman? Yeah, I don't think it was Danny Elfman. <laughs> Danny Elfman's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> right, somebody famous. Right. Yeah, but she's kind of the weak. She's kind of, not Bridget Fonda uh, necessarily, but Melanie's kind of. The, I mean, she is the weak link of the operation. Well, they're all kind of fuck ups, though, except for Jackie. Like, or those gun runner just kind of, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a horrible criminal. Trying to get his money back. Uh, Melanie's a fucking stoner. She's not a criminal. She's a stoner who fucks a gun, or occasionally might fuck a gun runner, <laughs> and yeah, the, or she, one uh, or one of his friends. You know. Yeah, she <laughs> threw him a bone. Uh, well, he's got out of prison, you know. Yeah, team, guys, she's team, player, yeah. team player, team yeah. player. Um. Yeah, Ordell. Yeah, but uh, do you think it goes any better or worse if I guess it was Sharonda if she's involved, the one who didn't run off? Probably still gets fucked it's, up, right? It's the it's the same. It's the same because it's just <laughs> it, it's. Well, I don't know because Sharonda might have been on it a little bit. She was. She seemed like sharp. She like she knew what she was doing. She's professional. She got up when she had to. Only our only person who picked her out was Max. And. uh so she might have been wise to the fact that there were books in that bag. Probably not. I don't know. She might. She. I, mean, I don't even know if. I mean, even if I'm doing the job, like I feel like if I'm carrying that much money, I'm just r- running out of the mall with it, Brisk, briskly walking out of the mall with it. You're not checking in the in the dress room. You're not. You're not opening up to look. <sighs> Maybe. It's tough. It's tough. It's easy to say yes after the fact. I'm not sure though. I mean, you gotta be thorough if you're doing these kind of crimes. True. It's true. Maybe That's she orange. was just so she was just so happy she got that cherry on top, man. That 10 G's or whatever it was. Booyah! Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it, man. I'm just taking it and running. Melanie's like, no, uh, she's like J.R. Smith on the team. <laughs> just calling a timeout. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like like if LeBron had a gun, that's exactly what he would have done to Jr. that night. What was it game one against the Warriors a couple years <laughs> yeah. ago? Oh yeah, yeah, that was, like, that was dumb fuck. <laughs> uh, and and she's a pothead, which there you go. It's another comparison between her and Jr. That's, that's true. <laughs> They'll probably get along, uh, gangbusters. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you know, you know who might be the unsung hero is Winston. Oh yeah, gotta love Winston. He you is know, the unsung hero. Yeah, he is because you you know keeping a guy Max for years, keeping a guy around like that uh, definitely pays off. Yeah, loyal loyal soldier and friend. Yeah, and uh... doesn't lie to him if you notice when he goes to say that he's going to the movies. That's right. Yeah. Are going to the, he says he's going to the mall, whatever. Right. Does it doesn't lie right. to him. You know, he, he tells him the truth. No, and Winston's not going to say shit. Yep. Yep. That's very uh, true, man. Which makes me think at the end, because he said he was mailing it in, uh, you know, being a bail bondsman. Do you, think he, do you think he has a change of heart there at the end? He's like, ah, we'll let, it, let it keep running for a few more years. Maybe he just gives the business to Winston or let us buy him out or something. Yeah. Could be. Do you know? <laughs> Do you remember Winston from any? And his name, his real name is uh, 
I didn't write it down. Um, Tony Lister. Or no, Tiny. His nickname's Tiny. Yeah. And I forget what his first name is. Tony or Terry. I don't know. Can you think of another movie with him in it? He's in a bunch of stuff, man. Yeah, I, I can't. He's like a spot guy, yeah. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, I can't place him, but I know he's in a bunch of stuff. He, what I remember him most from, believe it or not, is a movie from, I think it's in the late, it's in the late 80s or early 90s with uh, Hulk Hogan. He played Zeus, uh, No Holds Barred. He was like the bad guy in it against Hogan. <laughs> That's what I remember him from more than anything. <laughs> was he in the Water Boy? Was he a football player in the Water Boy? Um, I kind of remember him like doing like with the crazy eyes. No, you're thinking of. Uh, I know who you're thinking of. Yeah, okay. Bro. One of it's one of Sandler's boys, like in the main oh. guys that he has. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Um, and you know, you know what? Another thing, getting back to Lewis. Uh, you know, De Niro, Louis Gara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another reason I really like, not just because De Niro, but his character, he lets Ordell know, man, when he goes to the bar, like, you can't trust Melanie. Like, so he's like a step ahead, I feel like. That's his way of knowing, like, you can't put this bitch in charge of anything. Important. Yeah, he's probably right, man. You're probably right. And well, yeah, why does Nordell figure that out? Why does he know? He's just uh, he, well, he, he was a desperate. terrible criminal, man. He's just terrible. desperate, just desperate to get his money. Right. Well, his his solution was to just whack everybody. His solution <laughs> was to think it through. He's like, look, if things go wrong, I'll just shoot somebody. That's, that's what he did. That's what he did with with Lewis. That's what he did with Beaumont. And so he's gonna do with Jackie, and it's never got the chance. Yeah, she was too street smart for him. She was the only one. You know, everyone else ended up dead around him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Beaumont, Beaumont, just don't get in the trunk of the car, man. Don't get in the trunk. If they ask you to get in the trunk, you're driving yourself to your own funeral, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he tried poor, to argue. Poor Beaumont. He, he got guilty into Where the fuck, where the fuck did Beaumont live, man? That looks like a motel. Is that like an L.A. thing? <laughs> I've never been to L.A. I don't, I don't know. I, just, I have no idea. <laughs> I was thinking that when I was rewatching. I was like, because he goes up and he buzzes them, so it's like an apartment. You probably quoted you probably quoted that line more than you realize when uh, when Ordell goes to pick him up, and he's like, "I didn't want to go out tonight." He's like, "I had no plans." He's like, "Oh, he's like, man, I got to do you a favor." He's like, "Come on, I'm home, I'm high." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great yeah. excuse not to go out. That's a pre it's a pre coronavirus excuse to go out. To not to not go out. Now he just oh, whatever. <laughs> can't go out because I can't go out. Yeah. Barely go out no more. You shot. don't need an excuse anymore. It's perfect. No. Yep. You just get high and nobody's going to bother you. Nobody's going to come wait, shaking you. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, gr- oh, great line. Most of the like the great lines are from Sam in this movie. Yeah. The real, the real like quotables. Obviously, the one I always use: "Hook a brother up a screwdriver." Yep. And that's just that's number one by a mile. Uh, but um, the one also uh, when he's hanging with uh, Lewis and Melanie. And he's like, yo, a couple of Cheech and Chongs, huh? <laughs> but the one that cracked me up uh, with just rewatching it that I had never uh, picked up on before is when after he kills Melanie and he get, they get in the van and they're driving around and like uh, Ordell's interrogating him. Yeah. And he's like, is she dead? And Lou's just like, pretty much. <laughs> 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 
pretty much ain't no fucking. <laughs> Is answer. she dead? Yes or no? Pretty much. <laughs> and he's oh, like man. staring. It's great. He's like staring on too. He's he's like ah, we left, and she was giving me all kinds of shit, this and that. And he's it's like, are you gonna tell me what the fuck happened to her? <laughs> Where the fuck yeah. she is? Oh uh, yeah, you know, you know, uh, Sam put together like the uh, Ordell's look. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, that. the <laughs> wardrobe and the facial hair and all that. <laughs> yeah, great job by Sam there. <laughs> uh, also, another uh, signature Tarantino thing in the beginning of the movie with uh, I think this is the first scene with uh, the feet. Oh, I mean, it's all over. Yeah, and the guy goes, just the guy just loves feet, man. And even even in the even at the pickup when Melanie goes to pick up, it's just like zoomed in on her on her feet underneath oh, the dressing room. Some, yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. Yeah, no, it's 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 all over the place, man. The guy's a foot fetish, man. What are you gonna do? Him, Rex Ryan. Yeah, I'd see. Maybe this they, they he makes movies for Rex. That's it. No, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You know, wh- yeah. whatever you're into. Whatever gets you off, man. <laughs> Uh, so one other thing, the mm-hmm. cops, right? I mean, there's so many inept people in this movie besides Jackie. I feel like, I mean, if they were really watching her the whole time, there's no way she pulls that off in the mall. Yeah. I mean, there's a few plot holes in it as far as like, which is fine, as as which that. is fine. but that, wait a second, but they were watching, but she wouldn't. Was she supposed to go to the dressing room? Or was that the no, whole thing? Cause, no, right, because no, they were right. He gets pissed, and he's Ray gets pissed. He's like, I, you didn't tell me you were going shopping. Right, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be in the food court. Right, so, so, so they weren't going to watch her if she got there early. Right, like the whole plan was she was going to go somewhere else, and they'd be watching her there. But yeah, you're right. They should be a little more on top of it. But you know, the, more importantly than that, like where are the fucking cameras? Well, like, this is, I mean, this is almost 30 years ago now. Yeah, it's the 90s, though. It's not the 50s. Yeah. I didn't think, I, I just, I wrote that off as just not, there wasn't as much technology. It's, you just got to suspend some belief sometimes. You're watching a movie, you just got to be like, look, they ain't thinking Oh, yeah. I, you know, or, anything, man. Or, or, yeah. or, yeah. It's like so. pro wrestling, man. You just got to look the other way on a lot of stuff. Yeah, you can, you, know either let it, you can either let it bother you or you can, like, you want to be realistic. Well, there's real life. Okay, like you go, you go, fucking rip off a drug dealer for half a million dollars, and see yeah. how real, see how realistic that gets. Yeah, see how far the movie goes if it's fucking realistic. <laughs> you don't even get past the cross uh, 110th Street or whatever, man. The fucking shit's over. <laughs> I can get out of Grand Central. Uh, uh, yep. There's a little, there's a little bit of, uh, there's not like a lot of lessons to be learned in this movie. There's not a lot of undertones of like uh, perfect life and stuff. <laughs> but there is, but there is a little bit of what it what it means to like get older, right? Because Jackie, Jackie, and uh, Max have a conversation about it. Even even when Ordell shoots uh, Lewis at the end he goes what the fuck happened to you man you used to be beautiful <laughs> it's kind of, kind of like you know what the, you know you're useless now that you're like you're old and you're just shitbag and you've been you just you, you 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 let this whole thing fucking slip by you you know you couldn't let you know you saw Max there at the mall you didn't fucking didn't click to you so you you're losing it so there's some sort of there's something about aging but I'm not going to get into that too much because listen Max was 56. He says at the end, he's 56. Mm-hmm. He had a chance with Jackie, who was 44, <laughs> which is a little bit... I didn't look up um, Forrester's age. 
at the time of the movie, but Jackie was, I think Pam Grier was like 47 when they made the movie, so it was close. He was the he was exactly that age. Oh, actually. was he? All right. So yeah. Um, and actually, um, Tarantino wrote, I guess uh, Robert Forrester around that time had uh, colored his hair. I think he got maybe hair transplants or something because he was balding a little bit. Right. That's why yeah. he. That's why he wrote that into the. Uh, the conversation between there, the two of them in the kitchen. There you go. Yeah, he goes, uh, I was losing my Our hair. Our imitating life. There you go. And he goes, I was losing my hair. I did something about it, and that's it. <laughs> I look in the mirror, and it's uh, me. Right. So what lengths are you willing to go to to maintain your youth? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I would say if I had, if I had gone gray, like maybe like in my early twenties, I might oh, have a little dick. You're such a dickhead. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> what a fucking idiot! Um, I ever asking at, you that question. At this fuck, point, fuck you, man. What's wrong with fucking going gray in your early twenties? Nothing, but I'm just saying. I probably, <laughs> I probably would have colored it. At this point, if I start going gray, I'd probably just say fuck it. Jesus. For those who don't know, if you're like, if you are listening to this program now and you don't know who we are, uh, thanks for listening. That's impressive. Um, <laughs> but for, for for you specifically, I've I've been going great since I was like eighteen, and it's and it's creeping. Is that up. true? Yeah, a little bit. Of, you know, we're like started like up front there. That was like when I was eighteen, the first inklings of it. Yeah, and I did, did try you ever color-, color it. A little bit at the beginning, and I was like, "This is too much work for it." I'm not doing this shit. It's fine. It's I fine. I didn't know that. I was. I hit it well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I started early though, but I just I don't give a shit about, about the color. I'm just. I like I said. I'm just happy to have my hair. Yeah, that's that's the way. I, that's the way I look at it. Is at this point that I can go gray, and I just want to keep enough of it yeah. on top. I don't have as much as I used to, but it's enough. All right, so you you might have gone the other other route when you were younger. You might have gone to the coloring route. If you started going yeah, gray yeah. now, if you start going gray now, would you start? I mean, I got I have a little bit on the sides. It's just not really noticeable unless it grows out a little bit. When is it just for men coming out? When it no, goes up no, top? just for men. Never. Yeah, I don't think so. No, at this oh, point, all right. Nah. All right. I would have to it, like if I, it'd be one thing if I was like in the public spotlight. If I admit, I'll admit it right now. If I was ever like an actor, I would definitely get the hair transplant. I'd get the full. I'd get the full. You know, all these guys get it, man. You'd have to, yeah. Unless you're already booked, yeah. I would definitely yeah. get it, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I respect the hell out of guys who do the whole bald thing. It's just I have too big of a head to go full bald, man. Yeah, it kind of works out like that. I think. Uh, you, I don't think I could be bald either. I got a weird shaped head. I don't, I don't think it would work for me. I mean, I mean eventually, though, go you're going to have to, though. Going to have to what? Go bald, no? All of us. I mean, I don't know how bald I'll get. I mean, I'll probably lose a little bit, but uh, I don't wow. think I'm going to ever go full bald. That's the plan, at least. I know. <laughs> it's easy to say now. <laughs> Shit. Rather get caught out than you... go bald. Oh man, Jesus! <laughs> Would you do uh, Botox? Oh. Any kind of any kind of facelift stuff like that? No, I'm not touching my face, man. <laughs> I can't, man, because you look ah. Oh. Some people look so stupid. Like I would have to go to like Brad Pitt's guy. I'd have to find out who Brad Pitt goes to. 
you can't me, afford. Give me the BP treatment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which means yeah. I would have to be like a big star if I yeah. could do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I can't yeah, because some, uh, some, 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 yeah, you could tell like the second second rate celebrities they get it, and like in five years later, it's just like holy Jesus, man, why? Yeah, like Brad Pitt is fifty six, so he's definitely done something, but he's Brad Pitt, so he just knows what the fuck he's doing. He's rich yeah. enough where, you know, and then you got people like, shit, man, I don't know. Yeah, it's me and Bleef. Yeah, no, she she could use something, but I mean, there's so many bad hack jobs. Meg Ryan, I don't know. I haven't, just I haven't seen Meg Ryan. Oh, she butchered her face, man. Oh man, she didn't have to. Like you know, she just like, ah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's the pressure of the business, man. That's it. Yeah, and Botox just. I mean, maybe a little bit in your forehead is okay, but when you start getting it like under the eyes and. Like the cheeks or whatever, you just yeah, you I, start turning into a fucking Ken doll, and not yeah, <laughs> a lot worse than a Ken doll. It was like a fucking a Ken doll, a Ken doll, a Ken doll that, that was like held over a candle for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No thanks, no thanks. So yeah, I wouldn't go through too too, too much. Uh, you can't fuck with your face, man. You just can't fuck with your face. I think the only things I'm willing to do. I mean, I don't know about my hair. But I think the only thing I was really willing to do to, like, uh, combat getting older would be maybe to exercise and maybe to eat better. I guess the only two <laughs> things I could think of. Well, <laughs> so basically what, like, you're supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what I, – I don't see myself getting anything done. No surgery. No – I'm just going to try and do it, nat- like, do it naturally. Just to age gracefully that way. Yeah, I mean, vitamins is as far as I'll go, I think. I'm not getting any surgery. I'm obviously not coloring my hair. I haven't thought about it if I were to lose it. I've been kind of hoping I wouldn't have to deal with that. Yeah, it's know. one of those things, like, you're just like, let's not worry about that. Toupee? You get toupee? You no, wait? I can't. No way. No way. <laughs> think about, like, the crew we hang out with, man. No one's going to let me wear a toupee. <laughs> I'm not letting any of you guys wear a toupee either, man. I'll call you, I'll call you right out on that shit. No, nah, that There's would be no way. I shouldn't have said it. I got to cut that out. So, because I, I want to see somebody get called out for it, I want to see somebody go toupee at some point. <laughs> it's not even going to be getting called out. It's just going to be burst laughing. Like it, you're just going to like <laughs> you're going to know it right away. I mean, and, and you'd have to do it before you went fully bald. You'd have to like kind of. You got to have a game plan. Yeah, that's a tough. I don't. Know, that's a tough call, man. I don't know how you pull that off, toupee. I feel like you got to go on like witness protection, just make all new friends and shit. Create a whole new identity. <laughs> That's right. You got to move away. Yeah. Whenever you have like a FaceTime call with people from home, it's like, all right, I got to take it off. Like, all right. Are they coming to visit? Oh, they can never come visit you because you can never nope. melt. You can never merge your two friends. No, you just got to almost basically fake your own death and just start a new life. You got to toupee. That's it, man. That's, That's it. That's toupee life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, that the last five minutes just showed that we were out of stuff to talk about this movie. Well, it was a worthwhile question, and, it, <laughs> and there's a little bit, there's a little bit like that because even like Jackie talks about, and not, obviously we got to wrap this up. But even Jackie yeah. talks about how like she just always feels like she's starting over. She mm-hmm. has a shitty job; she makes like sixteen thousand dollars a year, and uh, you know if if, that, if she loses that job, she's got nothing, and, she, and she's forty four years old. She's a single woman. 
and there's you know fuck, fuck or Dell. So I, you know I got bills to pay. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I mean, there's a little bit. There's a little bit that that those undertones and like those little messages. But it doesn't get too deep into it. But didn't, didn't no, yeah, it. it's subtle. It's very subtle. Yeah. So are you ready to put on the Delphonics and have them play us out? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> They're pretty good. <laughs> That's also one of the... shout out. Also shout out Johnny Cash too. He Johnny Cash is in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, <laughs> when um. Lewis is getting the the lap dance there from uh, Sharon. I'm not sure what her name is, but she's singing. She's singing the Diana Ross for him. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Ordell calls him up. She's like, "She's like, oh yeah, I, I hear I hear the Supremes in the background. She do Mary Wells for you yet? Mary Wells <laughs> sang, uh, Mary Wells sang my guy. It's like that's yeah, great. There's all those <laughs> all those old all those old uh, groups. That's fantastic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Great references. Um, yeah, man. So good stuff. Jackie Brown in the books, I think. Yeah. You can shut, you can shut your raggedy ass up and sit the fuck down. <laughs> hope you, hope everyone. Uh, obviously, if you listen to this, obviously you've seen the movie. So, and if you haven't, if somehow you listen to this podcast, go do yourself a favor. Check Jackie Brown out. Yeah, not be worth, disappointed. Worth your time, man. Worth your mm-hmm. time. All right, so we'll be back on uh, Sunday, I guess. We'll do. Oh, we'll discuss if we're going to tape Sunday or Monday. Now we'll see. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the meantime, we'll be back sooner than later. Yeah, yeah cool. We'll uh, check us out on Twitter at Sunday Poor, on Instagram at Sunday Poor. And Ant came one away from hitting the pick four today, so you want to be following. He's about to get hot <laughs> oh, again yeah. in the horses. So uh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming, baby. All right, <laughs> man. Ant, you all set, brother? Yeah, all set. Thanks to all the loyal listeners, the new followers, new listeners. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, see you soon. All right, peace.